0: Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the word together.
1: We're going to be opening up to 1 John chapter 1, picking up in verse 1. title of our message is Joy. Have you noticed lately many people are, are angry? But if you notice, people are becoming, it seems to me, just more and more angry. You know, I was driving the other day and I was in a parking lot and I slowed down to let someone out and he was literally getting angry with me. He thought he didn't have enough room and he's getting angry. I'm letting him out. (laughs) And he's getting upset. He's like giving me these, you know, angry looks and like like he wants to fight with me. And I'm like, and I just, the more I smiled, I think the more upset he got with me. But I was just so filled with joy, and I was thinking at that time, I was like, I'm not going to allow his anger to to rob me of my joy. Because, you see, as Christians, we have a fullness of joy that God gives us, and really it's our strength. And the enemy of our soul wants to rob us from that joy. And, and you know, we have that tendency to become angry or discouraged or worried or, or different type of sins try to creep in in our lives to really destroy that joy that we have in Christ Jesus. God wants us to be joyful people. Wouldn't it be terrible if all Christians were like, like you know, just bitter all the time and angry? It should never be that way. You know, some Christians, they, they look like, someone once said, looks like they're baptized in, in lemon juice. I mean, that shouldn't <laughs> be that way. Because we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and it brings great joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, and part of that is joy. It's a joy of the Lord that truly gives us strength, guys. And I pray that we fight to keep that joy. No compromise. I mean, we live in a world filled with temptations, don't we? I mean, you name it. Whatever your temptation is, it's there for you. But we have to turn away from those compromises. We have to turn away from the ways of this world because we are to stand out in this world as people of joy. Amen? So we're going into a new book, First John. I'm very excited. I was trying to do the whole chapter. There's just too much. So we're going to just go verses 1 to 4, okay? So First John, not the Gospel of John, by the way. If you turn to the Gospel of John, you, you're in the wrong book. You need to go to the epistle of John, and that's back towards the book of Revelation. I'm sure none of you have did that, but if you did, that's okay. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, picking up from the very beginning of this wonderful letter, it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we Just bless our time together. Lord, I I pray that you'd give us great application that we can apply this truth that we've just read, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, just for background, introduction, purposes, since it's a new book, um, the the author of this book uh, is John the Apostle, obviously. It's believed that he was anywhere from 90 years old to 100 years old when he penned this letter. We don't know. Some argue, yes, he was uh, probably 100, and others argue that he was more like 95. So we're not positive uh, how old he was when he wrote this. Um, So we're speculating anywhere between 90 to 100 years old. He was old, though. It's believed that this epistle was written before the book of Revelation because he penned the book of Revelation. But it's also believed in, you know, you have different people argue this out back and forth. We really don't know, but, but many believe that 2nd and 3rd John were actually written after the book of Revelation. And if that's the case, that would mean 3rd John would be, uh, would be the last book that was written of the 66 books of the Bible. So that's speculation. We don't know, but that's an interesting little um, bit of information. John the Apostle is known as the Apostle of, and let's see if you guys can get this, of? There, very good, love. My wife's the loud voice over there because she knows. (laughs) And most of us know that. He's the Apostle of love. And in this book, uh, at least in the the New King James, I I did a little search, and there's uh, 44 mentions of of the word love in this short little letter. That's a lot of loving going on. Again, he was known as the Apostle of love, John. According to historians, John, when he was, the Apostle John, when he was 100 years old, they would take him traveling to different churches throughout Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, and and they would announce before he would get there what day he would be at their particular church, and it would just draw crowds and crowds of people because he was the last surviving apostle left out of the twelve. So everyone wanted to hear what this great wise apostle had to say, the the last surviving apostle that was left on the earth. So they would gather to listen to him and they would bring him to these different places. And and it tells us that he would stand up and he would just say one sentence. He would stand up and utter one sentence, little children love one another. And he would sit down and everybody was waiting. Well, okay, we love, okay. What about your time with Jesus? What about all that? And then he would just walk away. Because he realized the importance of love. Let us love one another. He's the, the apostle of love. During the time that John wrote this, there was a heresy that was circulating in the church. It was called Gnosticism. And it was a belief that Jesus, uh, though he was the son of God, they believed that he was a spirit being, that his, he didn't, did not have a physical body. Because they believed, Gnosticism, they, their, their beliefs were that everything material, the material world is evil. So if Jesus had a, a physical body, then he would be evil, and Jesus is not evil. And so there was this heresy that went through the church, but it's a lie because as we read the very first verse, and let's look at it again, John says he held this, he held Jesus, he felt Jesus, he he touched him with his own hands. So he starts off by just debunking of the lie that was going on in the church. And I want to read it again to you. He said, that which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, that which we looked upon and our hands have held concerning the word of life. Isn't that a, is that a powerful verse or what? If we could grasp this one verse, the Apostle John is saying, He's calling Jesus the word of life, and he's saying, I handled him. I hugged him. I embraced him. I spent time with him. I saw him with my own eyes. I heard his very words. The one that was basically, it's he says, which which was from the beginning. In other words, before time even began, I I talked, I spoke with, I held the eternal one, the, the one that always existed. Can you imagine that? And he's communicating the fact that the message I have for you is not secondhand. This message I have from you, it's not hearsay. The message I have from you is directly from the horse's mouth. I spend time with Jesus, and I'm here to tell you about this Jesus. You see, God, the Son, became a man. He became very accessible to man. Why? Because he became a man himself. And he came to this earth to communicate to us the way of eternal life, the way to live forever and ever and ever, and it's through him, through his death and resurrection. And John is saying, hey, guys, I just want to start my letter off by saying, I hung out with this Holy One. I hung out with the Eternal One. Are you hanging out with the Eternal One? Are you spending time with the eternal one? You see, still today, though we can't see Jesus Christ with our eyes, we know by faith he's still with us. He's still here. And we can spend time with the eternal one today and every day. I love spending time with the eternal one. And though I can't see him with physical eyes, though I can't feel him with physical hands, though I can't hear him with these physical ears by faith, I know that he's right here. Do you know that Jesus Christ is right here, right now? Because he's all, yes, amen. We give it to him. Because not only is he the eternal one, he's the all-existing one. He's the omnipresent one. He's right here. And that's why it's good on Sunday mornings for us to stop and just stop everything that we do and just say, I want to hang out with the eternal one. I want fellowship with him. As we talk about joy, and, and again, it says, in these things, at verse 4, if you can look down back at the text with me, it says, in these things we write to you that your joy might be full. So the, this whole letter basically is written to us for one reason. There's other reasons, but one of the reasons that we'll have fullness of joy as we read this book. So if, you, if we get to the end of this epistle, this letter, and you're not a joyful person, you missed out on something because he wants us to have that joy. And that, so these things are written. So he's telling us that he hung out with the eternal one. He was able to feel him. He was able to see him. He was able to hear him. But he's writing that to you, not for his own sake, but it's for us that our joy might be full, that we'll read this and say, wow. So I want to start by saying, as we talk about joy, joy comes from Jesus. That's simple. Happiness is a total different thing. Happiness is true. Most, mostly uh, happiness is based on circumstances. When your circumstances are good, you're happy, right? When circumstances are bad, you're, you're not too happy. Joy is, is, a, is a spiritual thing that happens when we're in the presence of God, when we spend time with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It, it's, the, it's the fruit of the Spirit. So when we hang out with Him, we have joy, so we're supposed to take this relationship we have with God and through His Son Jesus. We're supposed to take this relationship and we have the, you know, the love poured into our hearts and joy and peace and kindness and gentleness and self-control and all the fruit. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, singular, but we have all this manifest and then we're supposed to take that and then we're supposed to go in the world, but we're supposed to stay connected to the vine and we're to, to touch this dying world having joy and having peace and having love and having, you know, kindness and gentleness and self-control, right? But many times what happens, you know, it's like something happens. It's like someone cuts you off and you're like, what did you do that for? You know, it's like, (laughs) there's the joy. It's gone, right? And it disappears. It, It dissipates. Because joy comes from Jesus. When we're connected to, to Jesus, we have fellowship with Jesus. That's why we're in church many times. We're just smiling. We're just worshiping the Lord. We're just filled with joy. And it's almost like, okay, Lord, we're going outside these doors. <laughs> Lord, bring that joy with me, please. May that joy, the Lord, continue to be my strength. But if we compromise, the joy goes away. It's like an indicator. I have indicators on my car. When I'm driving back and beep, 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 it gets louder and louder and louder. It means I'm going to run into something. Those are great sensors. I love it. I, someone, I have a little, a little camera thing you can see behind me and stuff like that. Someone drove with me once, and then after they told me, they says, You don't even look behind you. I said, I know I got the camera thing on. <laughs> well, that's dangerous. Now I look behind me because you know, there could be other spots the camera's not picking up. But the sensor is such a wonderful thing. Beep, 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 beep. beep and it gets louder and louder and louder. And I believe that happens with us when we, it's like the Holy Spirit prompts us, don't go in the flesh. And you get the prompting right away, right? And you're like, don't go in the flesh. Then you're like, oh, don't go in the flesh. Don't go in the flesh. Don't go in the flesh. And we should try to stay so in tune with our Lord and Savior Jesus and the leading of his spirit. When the prompting comes, it's like, don't go in the flesh. You're like, oh, no, I've done that before. It's dangerous. That's how we should be. It's like you're getting close to that, and you're like, no, I know. And you just, the prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, don't go there. Stay close with Jesus because it can steal it can rob us of our wonderful joy that we have i was visiting a friend of ours actually my wife and i we visited a friend an elderly gentleman in the hospital and he's a big trump supporter he's uh you know staunch republican and all and he's very outspoken he just you know he's and he just, you know, he campaigns for, for Trump and everything. So we visited him. We're there. And so he's asking me questions. We're talking about different things in politics. And, and then he, he said, you know, what do you think, you know, you, uh, about Trump? He says, he says, you know, how against all odds, he got in there. And I says, well, I think God did it. You know, God put him in office. You know, people didn't, you know, realize the God factor, right? Well, next to us, there's a bed next to us. And the curtain was closed and all. Uh, a gentleman was visiting his father. and He goes, you can't say that. And I was like, "Shh!" They go, "What?" He goes, "I'm a Christian." He goes, "You can't say Trump put him in office." I says, "I can say that." He goes, "You can't say." He goes, "What do you mean you can say that?" He's getting, I mean, angry with me. He's like, "I was like, well, I can say that because Romans chapter 13 says that God appoints people in office." He goes, he doesn't say that. I says, yeah, look at Romans chapter 13. It's God who puts places, people, in. if we like it or don't like it. I says, God puts these people in office. I said, so yeah, I can say that. I said, based on the authority of the word of God, you say you're a Christian. But I'll tell you what, during that conversation, there was something in me. I had the beep, 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 beep. (laughs) And it was loud. It was like beep, 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 beep. And basically, the beep beep was saying, "Step back, and I want you to love this man." And I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "I says, well, let let me tell you. I says, my decision. I just want to tell you personally. My decision was the biggest thing that that swayed me is that you know Trump was he he's a pro life." I said, and the other one was pro-abortion. I said, I cannot, out of a good conscience, vote for somebody that believes in abortions because that's killing babies. I said, with ultrasounds that we have today, we see that these are babies that are being killed. 57 million babies have been killed since the Supreme Court ruling. I said, I can't do that. And he says, well, then he starts arguing about babies, and he says, well, you know, what if it's deformed, and what if this and that? I says, well, I personally know two people that the doctors told them to abort the baby, and they came out perfectly healthy, and these, these babies have grown to be adults now, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with them. So who plays God, the doctor or God? And it was so funny, because my wife is there, and she's watching our elderly friend, and she's worried that he's going to get upset, so she goes, she's trying to distract him. He goes, no way. He goes, I love this. Laughter <laughs> And he was on the end of his bed, our friend, and he was just like, he was like a little, we could have gotten popcorn. He was like, this is good. (laughs) And she goes, you sure you're right? He goes, no, please get out of my way. I want to listen to this. (laughs) And it was a beautiful thing because I believe, as 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 I'm standing here before the Lord, the Lord just kept me in the spirit. I just stayed in the spirit. I'm like loving this man. And then other things were brought up, and I just used truth and just in love. It says, Well, you know, consider this and consider that. And he's like, I never heard that before. I never heard this before. And it says, Well, it's true. So we visited our friend some more, and he comes in back and he looks in the curtain and he says, Pastor, because he, then he found out I was a pastor. He goes, Can I talk, can I talk to you again? And I said, Yeah. He says, Well, when I was a young man, I was going out with this girl and we had an abortion. And he said, Does God forgive that? And I said, of course God forgives that. I said, you said you are a Christian. I said, have you received Christ into your life? He says, yeah. And he told me, told me when he received Christ. He says, I'm a born-again Christian. I've given my life to Christ, and I've repented of my sin. And I, I you know. And so he's, I says, well, great. And he says, well, what can I do to atone for <laughs> what I did? I said, only Jesus, he atoned for your sin. His blood was shed to take away your sin. And then it turned into ministry, and I was counseling and ministering with him. And then I asked him, does your dad know the Lord? And he says, well, I'm not sure. And I said, would you mind if I pray with your dad? He goes, I'd love you to pray with my dad. So I had an opportunity to pray with his dad to receive Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, this is not a political thing. <laughs> I'm just talking about the joy of the Lord. The enemy wants to rob joy from us. I just have one to say too, when it comes to the political arena, uh, that's an easy way to get into the flesh. It really is. It was a struggle, it was a battle. I was looking at my wife and I'm like, honey, you better not talk right now. Because she was just like, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) because she was like, (laughs) I says, no, relax. And she was calmed down. I says, no, it's not. But it's that simple. We can instantly just get into the flesh over political things when we need to love and, and stay stuck, stick to the Bible. Not our opinion, not what we think. What does the word of God say to us? What does God's word say regarding the issues of life? And it doesn't mean we're going to be popular. That, that very thing, using the scriptures, it might get somebody even more upset than they were at the beginning when they were talking with you. But don't allow it to steal you of your joy because joy comes from, can we say it? it comes from Jesus. The apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1 He tells us that we have a living hope and that we're kept by the power of God. And then he goes on to say, in this we greatly rejoice. We we rejoice that we have a living hope. We have hope beyond the grave and we're kept by the power of God. So what does he say? In this you greatly rejoice. Are you rejoicing in the fact that you're kept by the power of God and that you have hope beyond the grave? I am. But listen to this. Then he goes on to say, though... Now, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. I don't know about you, but I've been grieved by various trials. But check it out. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So you have this precious faith, this belief in Jesus Christ, and it's precious. It's more precious than, than gold. But there's going to be testing. There's going to be uh, trials that are going to come our way. But it says that we should continue just to praise him and give him glory. And then when he comes, we should be in that place of just, and when he comes to take us, we're just in that place of, of just joy. Right? But look at this next verse. So 1 Peter one eight, and it's up on the board, whom having not seen you love, right? We just talked about that. Paul, or John says, I've seen him. I've, I've, I've held him, but we, we don't see him right now. So he's saying, uh, whom having not seen you love, Peter's seen him. Peter, the apostle that wrote this, he did, but he's talking to us. He said, you have not seen him, but you love him, right? Do I get a yes for that or no? Okay. <laughs> Who've You've not seen you love, though now you do not see him, right? We don't see him yet. Yet believing, check this out, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Though we don't see him, we believe. And when we just keep believing and have that relationship with him, it brings rejoicing. But this word inexpressible, th- this word means that that it's the joy you have is so good, you can't even put it into words how good it is. It's like when you're just like, God, if you ever get to that place, you just spend time with the Lord, you're just so filled with joy and so filled with love and peace. And everything. somebody you know, asks you, well, what's going on? Why are you so joyful?" I'm just spending time, and you just try to articulate what's going on. You're like, I don't know. I just love Jesus. I can't even, I can't even put it to words. And I hope we've all had that experience. It's, it's indescribable. You can't even describe the joy that you can have by having faith in Jesus Christ. Words can't even... They don't even do it justice. Hi, K-Wave listeners. Hope you're having a blessed summer. I want to take a moment to remind you to mark your calendar on September 2nd for our 2017 Labor of Love Music Festival this upcoming Labor Day weekend. It's a free event,
0: free event.
1: It'll be at the Bolsa Chica State Beach on the corner of Warner Street and Pacific Coast Highway. We have lots of activities for the kids with approximately 100 vendors, great food, and of course, awesome bands. Our exciting musical lineup starts out with our very own house band, Anchored 247, along with recording artist, Enterline, and also joining with us for the very first time, the popular musical groups, Fearless B&D and Citizen Way. we are excited to announce that this year's headliner will be the Newsboys from the highly acclaimed film God's Not Dead. The festivities will kick off at 11 a.m., so come join us for a great end of summer celebration. And don't forget to bring your unsaved friends and family members because we will be sharing the life-changing gospel message of Jesus Christ throughout the day. For more details, check out our website at laboroflovemusicfest.com. That's laboroflovemusicfest.com. Have a blessed summer, and we'll see you at the beach for LOL 2017.
0: to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington, Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.